you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. All right, let's get it. Life After Addiction, guys. This is episode 24. I'm Adam Comer. Over here is Bruce Stanley. Hello, hello. Today, we're going to talk about virtue. We're going to talk about goodness, excellence. And it's actually a very specific way from a very specific scripture. Um, and, And the S2L Recovery's curriculum is based on this book that Bruce wrote. Bruce, ha ha, shout out. It's called Lost and Found Recovery in Christ. And there's seven principles based on this scripture uh, found in Second Peter. And the very first principle is, is excellence. It's goodness. It's virtue. And all of these things are tied into a place, and it's tied to a thing of growth and adding to your faith. And here's what it is. It's Second Peter chapter 1. And I'm just going to read a little excerpt, and then we're going to stop. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and precious and very great promises, so that through them you may partake of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. I'll stop there for a second. The divine nature... And, and what I mean by that is you hear the verses, the supplemental verses, like the, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is now at work in you. Amen. That's resurrection power. And right here, Peter's about to tell us how we can be partakers in that divine nature, in allowing the Spirit to move through us in a supernatural way. And then it gives the greatest thing, escaping, escaping from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. Man, this is going to be great, guys. Listen in. It says, for this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. Bruce, supplement. What do we mean by supplement? It means to grow, to add to your faith. Make every effort to add to your faith virtue, principle one. And then we're going to go through the rest of these, and it talks about other, add to virtue, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, steadfastness. but we're stopping today and we're going to talk about virtue. And I'm going to do this every single time because I'm going to skip to the end here and also tell you what, what it says. It says, therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in them, the truth that you have, I think it right as long as I am in this body to stir you up in a way as a reminder so we're going to do this. We guys, we know that you know these things. You know, even if you're alumni listening, I know that you've heard these things. You've been in class. Man, but we're going to continue to remind you of these things. It also says that if you practice these qualities, Peter's saying this, inspired by the Holy Spirit, if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. You'll never fall. Man, dive in. Today we're going to talk about virtue. Bruce, lead us in. Yeah, well, there's another part of that passage that uh, I want to remind guys too of, and, and just for new listeners, whatever that he he God always gives us hope in everything He says, but He also gives us a warning. Yeah. So it's this it's this way of building us up, and then the way of edifying us. So it's this admonishment uh, practice. It's let's exhort the things that are of goodness, including God and you, and what God's doing in your life, and then let's uh, edify the things that are going to keep you from that, those promises. That, and, and, and so there's this one passage right after it gets through talking about these seven things. It says, for if you do these things in increasing measure. So these seven things that we're going to talk about, it says, 
You never graduate from this stuff. It's a lifelong journey of always adding to your faith these things. Now, let me say this. Faith and faith alone is what brings you to salvation. Faith and faith alone brings you to salvation. Yeah. But I think the biggest tragedy in our life today, especially in the, in, in the Christian world, the tragedy is that we don't add to our faith. We stop there. Yeah. We get saved. We believe with all our hearts, surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, and call him our boss, say, you are my God. You know, your people are my people. I will follow you. And then we don't supplement that with anything else. Now, don't hear me wrong. There's nothing you can add to your faith that's going to bring you salvation. Your faith and your faith alone bring you salvation because works does not do anything right. in terms of your salvation. Right. God says, by right. grace, you've been saved. And then that's all him. And then he says, what you've got to do is have faith. By grace, you've been saved through faith. But we can't take that scripture and say that this scripture isn't applying to. The Holy Spirit inspired Peter to say, hey, don't stop there. Don't stop there. There's so much blessing. There's so much goodness. There's so much beautiful taste out there that God's given you that you can have this divine nature. And here's how. Yeah, because Paul says that there will be people who enter into the gates of heaven like walking through a wall of fire. Mm. And that we know from Romans eight thirty eight and 39 that it says nothing can separate us from the Father's hand once we've been saved. Yeah. But, that, but listen what this verse says in Second Peter. It says, but to participate in the divine nature, mm. escaping the corruption in the world through sin, yeah. add to your faith these things. Mm. So that means, wait a minute, if I want to have blessing, if I want to have peace, if I want to endure, if I want to succeed in life, I want to to have all these good things that God's promising me, I need to supplement my faith with these things. And if I want to escape the the enemy of God and what he's trying to do to ruin me, to rob me from all these things, is that if I don't supplement my faith with these things, I will trip, I will fall, I will stumble. Yeah, it right. says escape the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. Now, can you kind of see if you didn't know, if you haven't studied our uh, curriculum, if you haven't been an alumni, if you're just someone listening, can you try to track here why we're saying this? These principles are so important because it's saying it being the word, the living word of God, that you can escape sinful desires and the desire for drugs and alcohol when someone is in the throes of addiction is unlike any desire no one could ever explain to you if you haven't been in it you can't even understand and it's hard to understand it's hard to even explain the desire for that drug it owns you it owns you and we have a way you can escape it Mm -hmm. amen that's awesome which by the way and we don't do this a lot although we kid around um you know this is the the difference. This is the difference in the recovery model uh, in our world that says do it this way, and there's real power behind it. Yeah, supernatural right? power. Supernatural behind versus saying, "Well, I have faith in this thing, and I guess I'm going to add to my faith in that these things," but there's no power behind that. Yeah. It's all self-will. Right. There's there's nothing behind that that ensures or promises or guarantees anything. Yeah. And I believe, and I know you do too, Adam, that the reason we're seeing the success that we see in our program versus so many others 
is because of this. Absolutely. And, and even to add to that, which we've discussed, you've, you've heard it, but it's just so prevalent. The 12-step model, and a man, that's just, I'm just, it is what it is. The 12-step model, it says, step three, it says that you've given your life to God. And, and since the original, it's in every room that you'll go to, it says you've given your life to a God of your understanding. And then all of the steps are really kind of rooted under this God of your understanding. And we learn in Proverbs that you trust the Lord with all of your heart and you lean not on your own understanding and he will make your path straight. And if you could under, so it's just, there's no supernatural help there. And that's it. So what we're talking about is something way above ourselves, but Hey, lead us in here. We're going to go the next few weeks, the next few uh, podcast episodes. We're really going to dive into this because it is radically not only addiction, not only people who identify and, and have struggled with addiction, but we're talking about growth as a believer in Christ. Listen in, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. Virtue. Bruce, okay. break it down. So God says these things in sequential order. Yeah. These things that we're to supplement our faith, to add to our faith. Hmm. And so it's not a coincidence or an accident that the things in which we start with and what we finish with are meant to be in order. Because look at the scripture. It it says, add to your faith goodness or virtue or excellence, and from excellence to knowledge or wisdom, right? Right. And from knowledge to wisdom, self-control. From self-control, it says it just like that. So you can tell there's there's like go from here, and then before you go to the next thing, you have to do this. And then when you go to the next thing, because of that thing, you go to the next thing. Hmm. And so it's, it's meant to be in order this way in our growth. However, because we're going to live a lifetime of growing in our faith like this, these things are always cyclical. And you're going to come back to one and you're going to grow more in that one. And then you're going to grow more in another area in this way. And it's just always going to be this cyclical thing that you do. But but in maturing, God says, man, here, start here. Mm. And so it's very specific. And one of the things that God taught me in this, when, when I realized in recovering from addiction in this way through God's growth model, was it made a lot of sense to me. And I started adding words, keywords to them. Now, these aren't biblical, but they're things that I learned in my own testimony, what they meant to me. And I think they're pretty spot on in how I've revealed it to other people and they've agreed to. And so, for instance, God knows that as a new believer, right? And so we're not, this is the absence of addiction, right? I'm saying this works for everything. Right. Anything in life that would cause you to fail in life. This is how you overcome it. And so for me, it was addiction. Uh, and, and God says, look, I know you have faith in me, but I also know that you don't trust me mm. yet, right? Mm. Because you haven't walked in this way long enough to, to see my good works in you and my promises actually be fulfilled in you. So he's, he, God immediately starts with our faith in this area of seeking goodness, seeking righteousness, virtue, excellence, right? So that we would trust God, right? Because we would see the difference between the things that he says are good and righteous, right? And a virtue and excellence versus what the world would say. And when we start trusting in these things versus the things we used to trust in, God shows us something different in that. His promises start to unfold. We start to see God moving in our life. 
And therefore, we begin to trust God more. We have more confidence that we're heading in the right direction and we have a desire to keep doing it because God is going to prove to us. He desires to prove for us. Isn't that amazing, Adam, that God of the universe desires to prove to you that not only is he your God and created you and everything else, but that he wants you to know you can trust him. Yeah. And he's going to go out of his way to do things in order that you'll see that. And so this is where we have to start. Yeah. And I'll tell you, and I've said this before, the common denominator of all people who come into our program with addiction issues rooted in that common denominator is trust. They have trust issues. They, they don't trust anybody, including themselves. That's why they've gotten to rehab. Yeah. It's because they can't even trust themselves. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you something else as well, and then that you beautifully had unpacked and Speaking of the guys that come into our program and lack of trust, it's also, man, there's got to be a discussion of what is good. What is good, Absolutely. right? If it's saying goodness, virtue, excellence, the question really, and, and you, when you brought this out in your, in your in the book and then the teacher's, teacher's guide, uh, the really just ask the question, the honest question, if we're being honest, right? Mm-hmm. What is good? And here's what I'll say too, and I want you to expound on that. It's not just guys coming to our program or someone who's battled an addiction that needs to ask the question, what Absolutely. is good? Absolutely. And, and that's where God wants us to start. I mean, you can be moved in a way where the Holy Spirit convicts you in such a way that you make a surrender in your life and you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's salvation. Hmm. There, there's nothing more than faith that is required for that, Right. But then when you snap back into reality that you're still in this world and you have to live life in this world, you've got to trust something that's different than what you've trusted before. And God wants it to be him. Yeah. But here's here's the question. You have to ask yourself, okay, well, if God wants me to trust goodness, if he wants me to trust things that are a virtue of excellence or righteousness, well, what is that? Or even add that. Yeah, yeah. What is it? What is it? And so it's the age-old question. And this is, again, it's not a coincidence where God is starting us out in Man, this. That's good. It's because he wants us to question. He wants you to say, and I remember in my life, man, when, when I was 47 years old, Adam, mm. when God changed my life, and I had to say to myself, I'm a fool. Mm. The things that I've put my trust in in this life, the things that I thought were good, the things that I thought were excellent that I was striving for, I had to question all of it now. Because it's gotten me to this point of nowhere. I'm homeless. I'm broken. I'm addicted. I've got nothing. Mm. And and it didn't matter like all the things I'd sought out after. Like I was a, I made the dean's list. I graduated with honors in college, right? Yeah. I I was a combat veteran, highly uh, honored. Yeah. And and I was a father and I had children and, you know, I, I was good at my job professionally. Now I got fired because of my addiction, right? But I achieved, I achieved all these things that I thought were good and excellent, but that's not what God wanted me to achieve. I mean, it's okay to do those things. I'm not saying they're wrong, but I was missing the things that God wanted me to strive for. Right. And so I had to start at ground zero and say, okay, well, what is that, God? Because I clearly don't know yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah. The world has told me all of these things are good, and that's what's going to define me. And that failed me. Okay, God, so what is good? Right. So here's how I unpacked it uh, for myself and the way I do it for students. It's like you've got to ask this question, what is good? And where does it come from? And how do I know it's good? Like what secures that? 
Who said? Who told me that? Where did that come from? How do I know it's good? Right? Right. And you have to ask that question because clearly you've been sold a bill of lies at some point of being told it was good. So where's the so where is there some foundation? And how will I know that that is true this time? Because I don't I don't know that I have another one of those times that's left in me to get out there and start seeking these things that are pleasing me that I've been told is good. I don't think I have one of those left, Bruce. Right. So here's what you do. God says, I want you to trust me in where you find that goodness. And I want you to seek it through me. Right? And here's some scripture that points to this. Mm. Genesis chapter 1. <laughs> it's a good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see a repetition in chapter 1 of God creating. And after everything he created, he said it was good. Mm. God created the heavens and the earth, and he said it was good. God created uh, the, the seas and the land, and he said it was good. God created all the animals of the earth, the birds of the sky. He said it was good. All, you just go down this whole list. Every time that he created it, he says it was good. And so this gives a clue right from the beginning of where good comes from. Right Now let's fast forward into the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. And in the book of Matthew, there's this man who comes up to Jesus. Um, and he asks him, he says, what must I do to in, in, inherit eternal life? Uh, actually, you know, that teacher. Yeah, yeah, I think this is in Mark, the, the version, of, but it's also in, in the, first, the, the Gospels, the first four right. Gospels, right? And he says to him, what, what should, he calls him good teacher. He says, good yeah. teacher, right? Because he's trying to impress him, you know, because back then teachers and rabbis and things, you know, because some translations say rabbi. He says, good rabbi, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus doesn't even answer his question. He just turns to him and says, why do you call me good? Mm. And you just have to wonder about this. Why, why would, like Jesus, he doesn't even answer his question. He just turns to him, what do you call me good? And then he answers him. He says, because nothing is good but the Father, mm. right? So he establishes the same thing that God is doing in Genesis 1 here in the first book in the New Testament, which you can find in Mark and Luke. And, but he, he, he says, look, there's nothing good except God, Yeah, right? So you can call me good, but what are you basing that off of? How do you know that I'm good? Mm. If you're going to base it off of God and the way I live my life according to God, then you could call me good. Because that's where you have to measure right. it from. So we're, we're right. starting to see a foundational measurement of goodness. Right. It's okay. Okay. And so then let's move on to another place in Scripture where Jesus gives us this parable in Matthew. Um, and where he talks about uh, his word, right, being the truth and, and what is good and righteous. Mm. And he, he's saying that uh, he's referring to this goodness as a rock. Right as a as a foundation, and he's calling it a rock. And there are other scriptures that translate this into cornerstones and things like this. And, and when he's telling the story to the people of his day, they they got it. They knew exactly what he was talking about because it's very relevant. And he was around the Sea of Galilee, which if you've ever been there or read anything about it, it's this sea where the tides go up and down all the time, and the, and the the landscape around it is very sandy and rocky. But there are big places of sand, and what happens when the tide rises, that sand gets full of water, and anything that's built on that sand, right, is movable. Right. Um, And so they knew back then, like we hear hear the word cornerstone, right, and we know what that means, but today it's simply just a little brick inside of a building. It's got a little memorable, uh, 
a memorable thing on it, like this this building was built by so and so or whatever. Right. It's not really doing anything. It's just there for a, memor- a memory, you know. Yeah. But back then, a cornerstone was exactly what Jesus is saying in this parable. He says, "Build your house upon the rock." Okay. So the rock is the thing that they knew that if they built their house and they had a corner of the house that was built on top of this big boulder that was in the sand or some rock formation or whatever, uh, that they'd build their house off of that, that when the tides came and, and the winds blew and all these things, that the house would stand because it was all anchored to this this cornerstone, this this boulder in the, in the ground versus just building it on the sand and it's not anchored to anything and, and when the tides come up and the winds blow, so if the house is going to fall. So they knew exactly what he was talking about, but not everybody got what he was saying because there was more to what he was saying than just the practical use of it. Right. The house he's talking about is you. The rock he's talking about is him. And then if we build our house upon him, which is what is good, right? and everything that God's going to teach us of what is good, meaning of God, uh, that if we build our foundation from that, then everything from that is going to withstand. It's going to escape the corruption. It's going to endure. It's going to succeed. It's going to stand the test of time because it's built on the thing that was good. Yeah. And so here we have this picture of what is good, where it comes from, and how we build from that. And so when he's saying add to your faith, goodness or desire for goodness or virtue of excellence. He's talking about this one thing. It's God. That's where it comes from. And if Mm. we build everything off of that, then it'll withstand and it'll do her. And so this is what he's saying. And and because God wants you to trust him. And and man, almost what God did in my life immediately was start me through these trials, right? Because I had made this commitment. I said, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm not going to question anymore. I'm just, you just need to teach me. I don't know what is good anymore. Right. And, and he started teaching me these things. And I just made, I, I was disciplined, I, I was committed to just, you know, setting aside the things that I thought were good and just believing what God said were good. And he put me through trials, right? Some say God doesn't put you through trial, God tests you, right? And I, I can see that. And it's Satan who's putting us through trials. But God allows anything that Satan's doing, okay? He's in total control. So God's going to put you through some tests yeah. immediately, so that you trust him. And if in those tests you rely on the foundation of God, all the things that are good and what God says are good, not what the world says yeah. is good, and you put your trust in that, then God will prove to you that because you do that, you're going to see what's going to happen and things are going to change. Outcomes are going to look different than the way they used to look like for you. And so it's all this proving ground that God's doing to help you trust him because you'll see it and go, oh, that worked. I'm going to try that again. And then you do it again and you do it again and you apply it to all these things that are coming to you to test that faith, right? Yeah. And God's proving to you each time that you trust in him to do it, he's going to show you this is the outcome, Bruce. This is what happens when you stand on my foundation. You put me as your cornerstone. So when these things that hit you in life, man, you're going to react to them differently. You're going to withstand the test yeah. versus what I was doing before and trusting something else that I thought was good Yeah. that wasn't withstanding those tests, and I was falling miserably all the time. And the winds and the trials yeah. came. Yeah. So what you're saying, what you're saying is, man, and it's just it's so brilliant. Like the key word for this principle is trust. Mm-hmm. And you've got to trust in God and what is good. It's what God says. So if you can trust that, 
then man, you can add that to your faith. And and here's something, man, that I'm a very exegetical type teacher, meaning verse by verse, but I'm also very, I see the need for practical teaching, uh, especially where God has us, man, uh, just kind of bridging the gap and bringing it here. And, and when I read the word escape from corruption, I think escape, I think like escape from Alcatraz or you're escaping prison. That's never an easy gig. You're, it's any kind of escape, there's always some planning, hard work, swimming, or there's, there's stuff going on. And so I see the sovereignty of God giving us this gift as believers of the Holy Spirit, providing these things to add to your faith. And I see that all throughout the Bible and also see the responsibility of man. Yeah. And here's a verse that comes out to me. So as we're working to it, as we're adding goodness, virtue to it, I read 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And it says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. And Amen. So, and so I'm thinking, if, if your question is, well, okay, I trust God. Well, how do you know what God says is good? You've got to be in His Word. Yeah. Be in His Word. And, and even more like even today type things of applying this this virtue, right, that God says is good, and it's gonna be it's gonna be an escape. You're escaping from corruption, so there's gonna be a draw to you to maybe not want to do that at times. And, and Bruce gave an incredible example a couple episodes ago about the at the grocery store, and you had the gallon of milk, and it's easier just to put it right here. But there's kind of a righteousness and a goodness that it's tugging on you. God's tugging on you right there. That's not where that milk goes. It's gonna spoil. Uh, and then this, or anything you can think of, like that's socially acceptable. Like Bruce was saying, that I did all of these things that the world says is good, and it ended badly. There's going to be a draw on on, a, on someone, especially if you're in God's Word, because you're going to get teaching, reproof, correction, training, mm. all of these things. And so you got to come to a place where you're going in and you're starting to do some things that maybe is against your nature. Or is it, you're escaping from that corruption, yeah. and so you're going to do some things that are uncomfortable, but that's what the trial Bruce is talking about. It can be, is that you're going to do these things. And I'm telling you, from the authority of God's Word and my own testimony, Bruce, these things get easier and easier, almost like they become a part of your nature. Absolutely. Like, that's the point. That's <laughs> the point. Like the taxes. I'm not going to cheat on my taxes anymore because man, that's not who I am. To whereas, you know what, 10 years ago, I'm hustling to do something like yeah. that. Or 10 years ago, I'm in the grocery store and I'm just throwing this wherever I want, not taking it back to where it belongs because it's about me. I don't have time to do that. They, should, they, should, they shouldn't have it, but whatever. But, if it, but nowadays it's like, ooh, that hurts so bad, man. I, I would be miserable for three days if I didn't go back and put that milk up. So I'm going to go do it, right? Yeah. It would just eat at me. Man, so you have this desire for goodness. You supplement your faith. You add this to it. You know that God is. You trust God. You're in his word. You're learning what he says is good. Yeah. Uh, Man, some people might think that some of the stuff like the milk, for instance, is just really petty. Like, come on, Bruce. Like, man... You know, we're, nobody's perfect. God doesn't expect us to be absolutely perfect and everything. No, but God expects you to try to be perfect. Your perfection comes from Jesus Christ and your faith in Him yeah, his and your growth to be more like Him. That's right. And as long as your effort is in that, like it says, make, ev- at, make, make every effort to add to your faith these things. 
if, if you're not making an effort, right, you're not fooling God. God says he won't be mocked. And, and you're counting on escaping corruption in this world just because of your faith. Well, if you're not making every effort to add to your faith, these things that God says you can use to escape, to grow, to be strengthened, to endure, right? If you're not seeking that stuff and you're just relying on a, on a commitment that you made to God, God will withhold his commitment. His promises will never fail. But he promised you salvation. Yeah. He didn't promise you escape from corruption in this world unless you desire to do these things. Yeah, you fall under his and So, man, authority. you're not going to be perfect at it, but where's your heart in it? Are you trying? Are you trying? Are you making an effort? Yeah. You know, because if you're not, then don't blame God. God's not failing you. You're failing God. Yeah. It's definitely <laughs> not progression. It's it's not perfection. It is progression. Mm. And, and, yeah, guys, we get it. We're not saying these things. We're saying these things because we get fired up about it. And when you see guys struggling and you, you've tasted freedom, you get fired up, man. Hey, I was once there and you don't have to be there. So, guys, we get it. It's not easy. And, and I hope that there's someone hearing this that doesn't battle addiction and, and your toes are stepped on right now, too. Right. Yeah. There's so many things out there that you're not growing as a believer. You're not maturing as a believer because you're not applying these. And we're pointing at ourselves, too, Bruce and I. So tune in. We got six more of these coming, six more of these very practical adding to your faith. You hear us talking about maturing in Christ and growing. Well, we're going to dive in. Tune in. We're excited. Life after addiction. Hey, by the way, you could go and you could check out the book that we're talking about. If you're a part of a church somewhere and you want to start a program, you could order the Lost and Found curriculum. You could start a recovery meeting at your church. We have a lot of interest in that across the country. Just sent a book to a guy, a pastor in North Carolina. Uh, he has AA meetings in his church, 60, 80 people coming to these meetings. And he heard, uh, I was in South Dakota, heard me talking about it. And he's very interested in starting it. So, yeah, and we've got a teacher's guide, and we are willing to coach you, and, and we want you to be successful. So that's right. If you just want to read the book to find out for yourself, fine. But if you're interested in in teaching this, uh, we want to help you succeed, and we've got uh, resources available to help you. That that's it. Love you guys. Life after addiction. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. Do you want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of the local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.